Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jerome. If I've never met you, uh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you tuned in. And today we complete our Seek First series. If it's your first time here, all good. I pray that this message, the closure of this, would also be the, just the beginning uh, to a new journey for all of us. Whether we've been on this journey together this whole month or you're here today, this message, I believe, is, is one that can shape our lives counting forever. Today's title, Build a Castle That Lasts Forever. All of us want to know that our work is not in vain. That our life matters, it counts, it'll exceed past ourselves. But our sinful state sometimes will make it too much about us. We won't include God and we'll suffocate him out. But if we pause, reflect, let him lead, he's faithful to do so every step of the way. And last week, we dove into Solomon's prayer. God shows up to Solomon in a dream. It says, ask anything you want. And he goes, hey, I want to basically give you glory and lead your people. So give me understanding to discern what is good and evil to build up your people. What a leader. It's a leadership thought at a high, high level. And God says, I will grant you wisdom. There will be no one like you Wisdom is knowledge when applied in the appropriate time. Wisdom divinely inspired from God, not just to have head knowledge, but to know how and when to use it with the heartbeat of heaven. And then he says, hey, you didn't pray for silver and gold, but I'm going to give you that too. Now, it's not always a cause and effect where we get the gold, but I think the principle there that we can fully lean into is the posture of the prayer. And so that is, connected into today. So I want us to pause for a moment and let's just pray that prayer. God, we thank you for your leadership in your pursuit of us. We want to have your heartbeat. We ask for understanding and discernment to serve people to love and lead like you, Jesus. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. I got a text this week that said, the one who loves you, the one who knows you best, loves you most. The one who knows you best, loves you most. Enter in with that level of freedom. that you know if you show someone your full colors, (laughs) they're probably not gonna love you most. And healthy relationships do require boundaries and tact. But with God, the one who knows you best, everything loves you most. That's Jesus, how cool. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 7, when he talks, I pray I would listen, we would listen, This would be the words in red if you got a Bible that has words written in red. When Jesus speaks, and 
Chapters five, six, seven, they shape with so much teaching. And look at how God tells us to build a castle that will last forever. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, hearing the word of God, you can hear it. We're messengers proclaiming God's good news to all of mankind. Similar to somebody when they're sharing the news of the weather. It's up to the person who hears to respond accordingly. If we share the weather with somebody, which I know is small talk, did you see today it's going to snow? Little snowflakes outside. But you don't go get everyone a shovel, salt, and you don't get them an umbrella. Jesus, he is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And it's up to us. Look at this. And here's these words of mine and acts. God's love is hand in hand with action. It's felt. It's powerful. It's emotional. But it moves forward. We'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Look at this wisdom. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet, it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. The rock being the cornerstone of our lives, which is Jesus. The one we measure by, make sure we're lined up, get our level set. If we have the blueprints, we're always looking at him. He is the blueprint. He is the preeminent one. He's the full display of God to everyone. Jesus, the God-man. And here he's breathing these words into us, and he's saying, hey, you hear them? But act on them. And he tells us what it would be like. It's a house, a castle that will last forever because it's on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now, thank God God's not like um, our parents or our teachers sometimes. I told you so. But he is telling us so. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When you go to the beach, you can you know, play with uh, putting together sandcastles. Now, that's about as far of my experience goes, because I'm not a real beach dude. But I know enough to know this. When you're at the beach, you can build a castle. But you want to build it a little further away than the waves, because eventually the waves will hit it, but you want to have enough time to build it. What Jesus is showing us here is when we build our life on the rock, him, it'll stand. And even houses that are built along water's edge Getting insurance for them is challenging. And you'll see people build them really high because over time, it's just, it's, just, it's not, it's not uh, if, but when the, the land is going to erode. The, ra- the waves are going to crash on it. And I think what happens, uh, to, to tease this analogy out a little further, I think what happens in life is the kid in us, we put the castle down and the waves hit it. We just don't want to build anymore. So we want to do everything to either live in, like, just deception almost. Like, ah, 
I just rather not think about it or just not even build at all and do everything to hide and say, the pressures are too hard or challenging or I'm gonna medicate or sedate myself with a whole bunch of things that are really built on the sand, but it gets me through for a lifetime. City life, may our focus be on a forever castle. Now, castles aren't something that we build today often. It's not normal to to build a castle if we're building a new house now. But castles, they they, they communicate something. When you see them, they're they're lasting longer than most homes that are being put up in in our subdivisions today. Why? They're built with stone. They represent power, prestige, and often signify that there's a king or a kingdom. Well, as we think of our lives and Jesus, the people of God, we see churches represented all across the world. Some have been scattered, empty, abandoned buildings, but just because the king left the building doesn't mean his kingdom ceased. In fact, the king left the building so that we can be the building's building. We're the royal priesthood, and the king Jesus, he will return. And every time we build our lives on him, it's a castle that will last forever. I was into He-Man as a kid, which talk about, uh, look, there's too many white superheroes and there's too many blonde superheroes. Underrepresentation, okay? White people are like, man, I feel so uncomfortable right now. Just think about it. Just think about it, you know? But he, man, white, blonde-haired dude, super strong. But I remember there was the castle of Grayskull. So even as a young age, I remember liking castles and thinking about them, you know? And if our lives are a castle for a moment, building that I'm on Jesus will count. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. It says, according to God's grace, when God breathes life into us, it's his grace. I was with a friend this week, and uh, he kept saying something along the lines of this. You think God will accept me with my tattoos? And I was like, you believe in Jesus? Yeah, Uh, he's got you. (laughs) The verse there was more tattooed, uh, honoring, uh, even worshiping the dead. That's where that kind of comes from, that thinking. But, and then said, well, what if I'm tempted or I mess up and, it's like, well, are you wrestling? Are you getting back up? Are you repenting? And in Jesus is secure. Because we wonder, like, God saved me by grace, but don't I have to earn it to stay? No, it's not cheap grace where we just go sin and abound anywhere. This grace has changed us. We didn't earn it. And then it leads to obedience as we remember how we've been bought in. So it says, according to God's grace that was given to me, each one of us. I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. So Paul's saying as a leader, I've laid a blueprint that is in Jesus for Jesus, and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. So if Jesus is the foundation, how are we going to build with him, in him, for him, and on top of him, if you will? For no one can lay any other foundation other than what has been laid down. So it's all about Jesus. That foundation is Jesus Christ. 
If anyone's builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. So whatever we're doing in our life, whatever we add, maybe you remember the story of Mary and Martha. Martha gets known as being a busybody because she's not at the feet of Jesus, and she rebukes her sister, Mary, and tells Jesus, why aren't you asking Mary to help me? She's being lazy. She's hanging out with you, and she's got a guitar out, and you guys are singing. Well, I'm getting the food ready for everyone who's gonna about to be eating. You sell, you're included. Martha was doing what was customary. She was building on the blueprint that was healthy. She was doing the good thing, but the good thing isn't always the God thing. Ultimately, we're always postured at the feet of Jesus, even as we're going to do good works. So everything we're doing, we're testing along the way. Not out of uh, like fear or obligation, but more excitement to measure twice and cut once because we want the cornerstone to be what it's all about, Jesus. Each one's work will become obvious. This is so neat. For the day, we'll disclose it. So when Jesus comes back, all of our works are going to be on full display. You ever seen those shows where they bring in the light in the hotel room and it shows all the bacteria? Gross. Or how about they do that in the bathroom and your toothbrush that's out? Yeah. Some of us have been brushing our teeth with poop. But it doesn't matter, right? Because it's got toothpaste on it, so it's clean. But see, it doesn't matter if there's just a little bit of sin in it, does it? Let's not discount what God's done. If anyone's work that he has built survives, this is so neat, we'll receive a reward. So we're in how the rewards play out is quite a mystery to me. We're in because of Jesus, but there will be a reward for what we do in him and for him. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss. But he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So our work in Jesus will be tested by fire. What will last is what he breathed life into. We can't take anything with us, but we can take people, and only the people we proclaim the good news to, It's always about people and what we do for the one or the least of these in Christ to make it count, to make it matter. And we can test our work now or watch God test it later, but it will be tested. That's not fear, friend. It's more just honesty. Let's look at our lives. Let's examine them. Let's, what a beautiful opportunity that we, we get a God that's such a great leader that leads us gently not out of compulsion or force, a savior, a shepherd, who's the lamb, but he's also the lion. And as we posture to seek first, we're, we're examining our lives to say, anything I build, I want to build it of significant value. And we'll give some helpful tools in just a moment. But I want to go to 1 John 4, because we could say, well, how many paths are there? This, one's, this one gives credit or uh, creed or merit to someone who just says everything is demonic everywhere. This, is, this would kind of be where that passage comes from. So if you've met Jesus followers like that, they're like, no, they denounce TV, media, anything, right? Well, everything um, created can be ruled or rule us. 
It's similar to what Ryan shared, that money is a horrible master, but a great servant. And 1 John 4 teaches us the contrast of these two kingdoms, though. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. So we should always be rightly judging. If you've ever heard, don't judge me. Well, what they mean is don't condemn me. We're not judging your soul. But my goodness, I hope when we drive, we're judging if we're on the right side of the road. And I hope all the time in Christ, we're judging what spirit we're feeding in our lives. It says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. Okay, how do we test? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. It's pretty simple. If you profess Jesus, you're in the kingdom of God. And then look at this. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. <laughs> Sounds like a movie trailer, doesn't it? Why is it that we love? Why does fear sell so much? Why does a bad headline sell? It's, 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 it's eerily like this. There is, there is two kingdoms. There is two spirits. Those that profess Jesus and those that don't. <laughs> and look at this. But you, you are from God, little children. And you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Focus on the one, the cornerstone, the castle that will last forever. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world. Why do we get mad or disappointed when the world acts like the world? I think in Christ, that's when we should get grieved or care the most. And that's probably been the hardest thing these last two years. It's not the world. It's us. It's us building things that aren't like Jesus. How will we know? We have to know the words of Jesus and then act on them and not project or read our Bibles with permanent markers, but read them with highlighters. Permanent markers are when you get to a place in the text that we, we disagree with. We kind of just cross that out. We're like, oh, that's a neat one. I'll jump over that one. I'm not going to take that. That's not for me, God. That's for somebody else. God's words are hard, but they're life. So they're actually life-giving and light if we receive them and walk on that narrow path and let God be God. If we don't disagree with our God every once in a while, there's a good chance God's not God but us. And we've made it backwards. We've kind of put him on a leash as our dog. But God is God. We have the one who is greater than anything in the world. The world will listen to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Solomon prayed discernment. How do we get discernment? There's always two kingdoms everywhere. This can be kind of like scary too. So what is helpful? 
I think it's to remember as we're conquerors, but every message in every piece of media communicates a message that promotes a worldview that leads to someone or something. But ultimately, there's only two kingdoms. So every message that's in front of us, we have to think, what worldview is this promoting? And where is it leading me? To a person or something, a place, a king and a kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. This is why music is so powerful. When people are like, I just like the beat. I just like the beat. You know, I still got beats stuck in my head that the lyrics aren't good. <laughs> got one right now. <laughs> it's live. I probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> Words matter. Many believe that uh, Satan, there's a text that says, saw him fall, and it doesn't explicitly say it's Satan, but many believe that it was uh, Lucifer, the first angel, and played music for God. And as went to overthrow God, you imagine that, that the first chair to worship God, the first position that Satan was commissioned to give God glory, but got so jealous said, I don't want to worship. I don't want to give glory anymore. I, you know what? Let's make it a me thing. And then it says he's cast down. You don't think music has power? I think it probably was accurate that that was Satan, that Lucifer, that moment, playing music. You can see the power of music today. Now, does that mean we don't get involved with music? No, we just use it for its original purpose. We don't let the devil pervert or distort. Let's take it back. God created everything and he saw it was what? Good. That's why that intro's there every week. We're not looking around like, where's the devil? Where's the devil? God gave us authority that no matter where we go, he bought it all. It's holy ground again. Thanks be to Jesus. We get to be conquerors, ambassadors going about our day. So may we heed to the warning of Jesus. Rob G. has an album called Make Believe. If you've never listened to it, go to Spotify, Apple Music, and the opening song is a big warning. A warning like, er, er, er. if a storm's coming, I want to know. If the waves are getting bigger, I want to know. If my life's built on something that doesn't matter, I want to know. And this song, it, it, the words remind us like, okay, let's sound the alarm on our sandcastles and let's build them on the rock. Hope you enjoy
Questioning and everything I thought I knew What's all to do, is it really true? Chasing vanity, vain pursuits Lies that were handed to me Insanity seduced by conformity Normally raised up in it just to let it slide But realize now more than ever That it's do we die And times empires collide Like Sodom and Gomorrah Can look back at the horror Forgive my whole life Why does it hurt so much to say goodbye? Maybe I was comfortable Maybe I didn't mind Living a lie Am I living a lie? Oh, I see the light Oh, I see the Team, call you guys up to the front. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 25, uh, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another, just as a a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. This is why when I first heard people were calling people goats, the Bible doesn't speak really favorable of goats. No offense to goats, but and the goat is typically represented with the kingdom of darkness. So when you heard people are the goat, it was like, why would you call him the goat? That's mean. Goat means in our context, 2022, greatest of all time. But in Jesus' context, it definitely means separated. He's going to take the sheep with him. He will put the sheep on his right side, signifies victory, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. This is what building a castle that lasts forever looks like. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes or clothe you? 
When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So how we love each other is a direct reflection for how we love God. Then the opposite on the left says, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. See, it wasn't, notice this, it wasn't prepared for people. God's heartbeat is not one would perish, that all would build their lives on the rock. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison and you didn't take care of me. Then they too will answer, Lord, look at this, the same question. When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty or a stranger without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. There seems to be a deep connection with how we see people. And I think the key component is remembering that we're the least of these. And we start to see everyone realize, oh, it's about people. So as we get ready to close, we can't go through it all. I pray that this would maybe be our homework to build a castle that lasts forever. There's a helpful tool we've used over the years here, and it's a dream filter. So if you're building your life, just some three questions that you could ask. You could take pictures on the screen. Um, I thought I'd have more time in the service today to, to, to pause and go through it, but... We'll worship in, in a few moments with this in mind. So if you're if you're a coffee drinker and you do pour over, you pour the filter and the filter, you know, you pour the water and it goes through the filter and the beans. So think of our lives as through the filter of this or Jesus Brita filtration system. I've thought about it in the past. If you have one of the Brita water things, clean water. So our lives, we want it to count. Uh, first, is it bigger than me? You know, what's the banner? Am I gonna put my name up? Do I need... Do I need my name? Do I need to be seen or do I want to make it about God's glory? Do I want to be on the throne or do I want God to be on the throne? And we can fake this to somebody else, but only us know in our heart of hearts if it's for God's glory. There might be something right now, you just know, oh, gotta let it go. I'm hearing these words, I gotta act. It hasn't been for God's glory. Second would be, it builds his people, builds God's people. That's Solomon's prayer, you know. First, we would take care of the household of faith. Jesus followers. We have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters here. And groups are a great step with that right around the corner. And then three, this one I think is, uh, this is the game changer. Because if we just focus on us and what the family needs, we'll forget that God cares about the family everywhere. So may it benefit all people made in his image. And then three T's. So if, I, if that's my filter, then how, it's starting to get personal with me. Is my life filtrated with my time? How about my talents that God gave me? Every single one of us are beyond talented. We all have purpose from God. And God gave you all of those gifts for others. Virginia, thank you. I, you. You say amen and that blesses me. But let's be honest. 
Does it bless us when she uses her gift to lead us in worship? I mean, she's got many gifts. We know that. Mom, wife, leader, poet. But using her gift in the body of Christ, I'm up front balling, right? So thank God for your yes. But don't think your yes don't matter too. Right now there's kids workers. There's all kinds of stuff going on. We're trying to renovate homes in the city. There's people in the schools all week long. Like, you're talented. And you got the supernatural power in you. You know what it is? You don't got to be gifted with some, with some uh, grand skill. You have the love of heaven because of Jesus. That's, that's, that's our talent. And then what about our treasure? We can talk big, but what are we doing with our money? You know, is it God first? So then another filter. This will be our last one. Okay, me, I'm in. Oh, is my heart in? Is my head in? And is my hands in? And then we go through all three of these filters. This would be the homework. Because when we spend the time, God is faithful, I believe, to, to really shape and mold us because we're waiting on him. And that's how we're closing. We're waiting on him to say, God, uh, we want you to, to, to examine us today. We don't want to hide. We want to step out in the confidence of the cross. And there's someone here or listening that does not know Jesus. Today's your day. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's calling his kids back home. And it's simple. You just say, God, take my life. Make me brand new. Lead me. I hear your words. And I want to act on them. In Jesus' name, he makes you brand new. And the angels in heaven throw a party. You won't have it all figured out, but you'll get the opportunity to learn and let him lead you. And ultimately, through his word, with his people, as we love the city one life at a time. God, we posture our hearts in this room right now to filter our life through you. We want to make it about you, about your people, about all people. We want our time, our talent, our treasure to be all connected with you. <laughs> we want to build a castle that lasts forever. So help engage us with our hearts our head, and our hands. And maybe in this moment where you're tired, maybe you're tired in your mind just trying to figure it all out. Maybe you're tired in your heart because it's been so hard. Or maybe you're tired with your hands because you thought you were the only one that had to build it and everyone else let you down and you're letting yourself down. But today, let the builder build it. Let God. God, we wait.